What's up, guys? It's Austin. Thanks for listening to the Tribe of Wealth podcast. Been a minute since we recorded one of these. We did have a little bit of a season break there, but we're super excited today because we are joined by special guest Russell Munn. He is with Hermitage Wealth Management. He's a financial advisor and most importantly, a fellow JMU alumni graduate like myself. We have a great chat today about relationships, building transformational relationships, especially, which means lifelong and caring and helping to learn what your needs are and how that can apply to your big financial picture. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. And as always, thanks for listening and please share. And we hope to hear from you soon. Y'all take care. What's up? It is an ongoing joke on this show that our guest is always first ahead of Brandon. Oh, of course. And even though Brandon has his tricks to get in, he'll probably log in in a few seconds as I'm saying this, but to ever beat the guest it's really funny <laughs> well you know if you know brandon at all he's uh he's he's great he's fantastic but you know so, sometimes sometimes uh you know you gotta 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 stay on him to make sure it's uh make sure he gets to somewhere on time let's put it that way i like that he is running the ship with the uh the podcast today though this is this is nice it's a nice change of pace for me to take my hands off the wheel brandon we're talking about you talk crap already we just got started <laughs> I, we were just saying how it's inevitable that you're going to um, be second to logging in. Even though if you have your quicker way now, you're still not going to get it. It still takes me time. I'm gonna, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't know what it is. I don't know why they hate you so much at Anchor. but It works. I mean, once I go through my app, it just still, do, you know. Do you use Apple on. Music or Spotify? Spotify. See, I'm an Apple Music guy, but Spotify owns Anchor, and they hate you. They don't hate me. Oh, my that. Spotify hates me too. Don't don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't don't get it twisted. I'm, but I'm I blame that on Apple because Apple came out. Remember, I don't know if this is this is super off topic of what we're talking about today, but Apple came out with like or Spotify came out like two three years ago. It was like, all right, we're trying to make these really cool widgets and and the stuff that is very compatible with Android, but Apple is denying us. And I think Spotify tried to like sue Apple or do something. There was some legal action that got brought up. Because Apple was restricting the things that Spotify was allowed to do on their apps and through the Apple App Store. So, yeah, they've been clashing for a couple years. Hey, shoot your shot, Apple. Good for you. Like, we're just going to make it as difficult as possible for any uh, of our competitors to to do business, basically. (laughs) Brandon, if it makes you feel any better, I am uh, Team Spotify, too. So What the hell, (laughs) y'all No, it's like uh, it knows me though. Spotify's like, hey, we know you, man. Apple Music's the same way, more. dude. You know what's really creepy though? So we had, um, this is totally off topic too, but we had a Amazon Alexa, uh, like one of the little Echoes, little dots. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about, little cheap guys. I forget how we ended up with it. We we got it like it was one of those like buy a ring and get an Amazon Echo or something. Like yeah. That. But uh, long story short, I left it outside one day from when we had it outside playing music. The dogs got after it, chewed it up. It didn't work anymore, so we replaced it. And um, Kelly was thinking, oh, well, we're all iPhone. Let's get like a little iHome instead. And so we got the most basic one of those, one of the little $100 little iHome thing is. I will walk in the room and not say a word, and it'll just start playing music. (laughs) Or it'll just like give me a definition of something that Siri looked up and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> so it is definitely either taking over our household or it's like that old Disney movie, smart house. Did y'all ever see that? 
Oh, my wife. Yes. My yeah. wife brings that up all the time. Thank actually. you. Somebody <laughs> else brought that up. My mind is the same thing. Somebody else brought it up in conversation. I want to say it was like last week or something. I was like, wait, people actually know what that movie is outside my household? Because <laughs> like, I did not think it was as popular as people seem to make it. But it's technology I mean, is taking happening. over today. Yeah, it's taking over. It's taking over. But that is not what we're here to talk about today. Uh, nor are we here to talk about Brandon and I's struggles with technology. We're here to talk about you, Russell. What is going on? Introduce yourself. Give us your elevator speech. Take yeah. 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 So, uh, <laughs> so thanks for having me, first off, guys. Uh, my name is Russell Munn. Uh, I'm a financial advisor in the uh, Richmond, Virginia area. Um, grew up in Mechanicsville. So, you know, I've been around the area all my life. Uh, never... Never deviated too far away from the uh, from the mean. What high school uh, did you go to? I went to uh, to be uh, correct Mechanicsville High School. Ah, right? so it was, oh, okay. It was, Davis, it was Lee, yeah. yeah, it was Lee yeah. Davis at the time. I um, will never be able to say that as Mechanicsville. I don't think it's, I it's, should, but it's it, tough. It takes time. Yeah. It, it, what it takes what time. are they again? Are they the Mustangs? Is that right, or is that the elementary school? Uh, they are the Mustangs, uh, and their their yeah. colors are. I think like purple, orange, silver. No yeah, shit, they've rebranded everything. Oh, it's it's a whole new. Oh, wow. And also, yeah. also the middle school changed too. It's not Stonewall anymore. It's I, I think that. Twin yeah. Twin River. I think that's right. Twin River. Yeah. Oh, I kind of like that. That's oh, it's a, it's a cool name. Yeah, yeah. I like that one. Yeah, Stonewall so. to me. So not to cut you off too much. Yeah. Sorry, but um, I have refound myself in the sport of wrestling in like middle high school coaches and who I know and who's still involved and that sort of thing. Just mm-hmm. through people I know. And Stonewall was always really good. And it was funny because Stonewall Jackson, military, obviously kind of had that old country boy mentality. Like, no wonder they kick the shit out of all those middle, kid, middle school kids. Like, they're grown. Mm-hmm. We're not. Like, it makes tons of sense. But you change that to Twin River. And now it's like, why are they good? Like, <laughs> who, who, that just sounds like another PG rated <laughs> middle school name that was built yeah. in the last three years. That's funny, but yeah. not that wrestling is why we name middle schools not to get there. But um, so Lee Davis grad, awesome. Keep going. Yeah. So Lee, Lee Davis grad. Um, now I currently live over in Midlothian, though. So definitely uh, was a, a big culture shock to me to go uh, <laughs> south of the river. I'll tell you that much. You know, I'll tell you when I was growing up, my wife and I joke about this all the time. Um, you know, going over, you know, the river and going down 288, it was kind of like a foreign entity. Like you knew it was there, but uh, you never went past Short Pump. Uh, so we're yeah. we're there now. We love it a lot. It's uh, what part of uh, Southside are you in? What part of Midlothian? Yeah. So uh, if you get off Hull Street, um, going back towards Richmond, we're off of Bailey Ridge. So okay. uh, exactly. so like yeah, yeah. So you take that right at that DQ there, and uh, mm-hmm. we're in that neighborhood that's all connected there on the left. Nice. Yeah, so you know that's that's where we're that's where we're residing currently. More Brandon um, stopping territory, but oh no, I was kind of the same way. I was from Chester, and going up that way, way was kind of foreign yeah. until I yeah. hit high school and had to drive up that way to play lacrosse. But yeah, I, I, shoot, I I rarely even go to Chester. Honestly, uh, we went to anybody like, rarely goes says. To <laughs> <laughs> I remember right? growing up, people like, "Where are you from?" Like Chester, and they're like, "What, Richard? What? Just you know what." 30 minutes south of Richmond. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll tell you, um, I did this. I did the same thing growing up, uh, especially when I got into college. Yeah, you know, I didn't say mechanics, Virginia. I always said Richmond. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but JMU, it's got a big uh, big mechanical population. Uh, you know, which is what of, was so of... funny to me. Like everybody called it Richmond, but here in Richmond, it's a big deal to say like where you're from. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. Like, you have to be a little bit more specific. You can't exactly. Like, I'm from Richmond. Like, all right, no, you're not. Where are you from? <laughs> You're not like, even from I Richmond. I don't know anybody that's actually from Richmond. <laughs> yeah, you're not even from city. Richmond proper. You're from the yeah. from the outside of it. So yeah. But yeah, so I mean that's that's a, that's a little bit about me from the standpoint of uh who I am and and where I uh where I grew up. Did you always you know, want to go to JMU? I love asking this question to fellow Oh JMU man, people. it was uh so my my mom went to JMU. Uh, I've always been like associated with the college yeah uh, so it was definitely my dream school i can tell you that much That's awesome. um, and and i'll tell you actually funny enough one of the probably my, my fame to claim at, at jmu is obviously they won the national championship in you know 2016 2017 year right yeah. and um i was a filmer for that team so i no got shit. to uh, to go through the whole process i was there from august to i mean basically until i graduated and that was uh, that was the national championship when it was like six degrees down in Frisco, right? Oh man, it was cold. Yeah. But, but I'll tell you, you say you say that's cold. You don't understand how cold things are until you're in Fargo, North Dakota, in November. Oh, I because that's imagine. that's uh, that's where we uh, that's where Duh. we ended up right you know, before semifinal. Yeah, exactly. Right, and, and I'll tell you, here's another funny story: is um, I had to take a final exam. You know, like those old school bars that you think of, where it's like one swinging door in. Yeah, um, I had to take my final exam in a bar that was attached to our hotel that was just like no that. shit. That's really funny. Yeah, like yeah, some so. old like salute, like that uh, TV show Westworld. Any y'all watch that at all? Like, uh, you like stepping back into like old Western times. Like, yeah, similar, open, similar. Yeah. No, but uh, that national championship game was really funny. I had uh, tickets to go to the game, bailed last minute, decided not to go to Texas sold the tickets, held a little watch party at home. Mm-hmm. And then I remember to this day laughing at it in, uh, I call it Richmond still. It obviously wasn't, it was in Rico, but at my house, it was like 30 degrees warmer in January in Richmond than it was in Texas where everybody was at the game. It was, it was because it was North cold. Texas. And it was one of those just weird cold fronts that came through and was like wind chill of negative 10. I was like, well, y'all have fun with that. I'm going to yeah. sit inside. Uh, then we won, and it was a bit of a letdown because I was like, "Man, it would have been cool to be there." <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was an experience. I mean, that whole season was an experience in general. But uh, but I actually got a national championship ring. So uh, no, so for Austin, when I, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah. So when I when I, when I see you, I'll have to show you a picture of it. Man, it's it's oh, ginormous. <laughs> so all right, now that's gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try to reel us into topic, but this is also really cool because. You said you filmed with the football team. Was that your study or your your passion, or how did you get to loan off? Or I mean, uh, financial aid, where you are now, like financial advising, that kind of yeah. world. Well, that when seems I seems like I, polar opposites. What do you What do you <laughs> study at JMU? Yeah, opposite. so I I, uh, I studied media arts and design. Uh, my my number one job was it coming SMAD? Out. Is that what that major was? At you JMU? got it. Yeah, I was Dang, a SMAD. See, look at me. I'm still cool. Hey, you still, you still, you still, still got, got the connections there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Whole different world, like other side of campus there. But Yeah. So I, I wanted to be a broadcast journalist when uh, I came out of college. Like I wanted to be on ESPN. That was, uh, that was my, uh, that was my dream. And then uh, once I actually got into the nitty gritty of it, I kind of just fell out of it. Wasn't, wasn't really super passionate about it. Um, so 
then went on to corporate communications. It's another uh, sub concentration inside of the major. Basically, think of it as like advertising. So, mm. um, so did a lot of advertising classes. Um, and even then, I just I didn't um, necessarily want to you know be being uh, smad anymore. So, I just took a lot of business classes um, and you know got my degree from smad that's that's what i ended up graduating with if i would have gone for like another year and a half i probably would have gotten my double major in business wow, okay. but yeah but cool. um but again just really kind of fell out of it and just like a lot of other uh college graduates you know i mean i wasn't really sure what i wanted to do when i got out of college um but weird enough you know the one thing that i've always had is i've always been a people person i've always had this like really innate want to help people um and uh, I'll tell you, funny enough, how I got into this job is I just ended up working at Men's Warehouse again. Just didn't didn't know what I wanted, wanted what I wanted to do, but I wanted to get into some kind of consulting business, you know, or kind of consulting um, fields. And I still knew that a lot of business professionals still wear slack suits, you know, ties, shirts, you name it. And uh, funny enough, that's how I ended up meeting my current boss. He offered me a job. He's a JMU grad too. Um, so we had go. that connection. Keep it in the family. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, from there, I've just been, you know, loving what I do. It's uh, it's one of my favorite things that I do. Did you have a cliche like, and this is a little bit of a, of a poke at, at Brandon too, because Hamp Sydney has belts, but did you have a cliche like JMU tie on or anything? That no, no, no. That would have no. been really cool if he was like, I'll oh, tell you, this JMU, is me too. Actually, actually I do have something funny so he was heading up to um and this this will be a little bit later about exactly what we do um, but he was out heading up to a retirement plan in west virginia that we do um some work with and he came in he said hey i need a sport coat and i pulled out this purple velvet jacket and i told him because he said he was going to west virginia there obviously and i was like look do you want to make a statement this is this is what you need to make this is what you need to wear and uh he he didn't pick it obviously um but he ended up trying it on and that's how we got talking about purple which ended up jmu and that's how <laughs> i we thought made the you connection. were gonna say he bought that's it funny. because of jmu so that I would be the, awesome. i have the purple and gold argyle pants don't know if you've seen that picture three yep. a bunch lately uh, being football season is back. So um, there was at one time, um, it's not as PG appropriate of a picture, um, but but the <laughs> college game day, ESPN game day day, I yep. had a full on purple suit on at that game. Um, I like that. And my, now, you... my buddy had the Argyle pants with me and we were talked about all over campus. Too. Yeah. Now, were you working at Men's Warehouse when you were in college or is that what you did after you graduated? And came that's just, yeah, that's what I did when I came yes. home. Uh, hey, there just, you, go. you know, I, I've always enjoyed kind of dressing up, you know, and I know that's not the, the stigma anymore, right? It's a lot more. Hey, casual. dress to impress as I'm uh, sitting here in the hoodie, but that's, uh, I, that's, I will say Russell, once you, once you meet him in person, Austin, this is the most well-dressed individual <laughs> professional, especially our age that you will come across. I'm telling you, hey, when you I see love him, that because I just appreciate his fashion. And I will run with it when it's about 40 degrees cooler outside. Yeah. Um, yeah. He does I it. He puts it together. And I say that, but this was all pre-kids. Now that I have kids, I'm like, oh, I'm going to keep a t-shirt on because I don't know if going to throw up on me. Um, I don't know. I did have fun throwing the suit on at the wedding last weekend. I don't know. It's There's a, it's a time and place for it, I think, to dress up. Uh, I keep chiming in, but I'm excited to, to get to know more. So, yeah, Men's Warehouse, fast forward, meet your boss. Mm -hmm. um when did you start 
working where you at now? How long were you at Men's Warehouse? Was there anything in between? Uh, so the way it started for me is um, I started interning at uh, our firm. So our firm's called Hermitage Wealth Management. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started interning basically beginning of 20, uh, I guess, 2018. 2018 sounds right. Um, and what I did is I came to our office. Um, you know, I would do normal intern things. I would process paperwork. Um, you know, but I'll tell you one thing that I really enjoyed looking back on is I started to learn a lot about the business at a very, uh, at a very quick pace because of just having to do, um, you know, paperwork and the, the normal things I had to do. Um, but I would work as an intern here from nine to one. I would then go study, uh, cause obviously become a financial advisor, you have to get certain licenses. Um, so I would go study from one to four and then I would work, um, from four to nine at men's warehouse for most of 2018, and then I officially, once I got through all my licensing uh, that, that is required, I went full-time as an advisor October of 2018, and I've just been rocking and rolling ever since. That's Man, awesome. that is huge. That's, I mean, it definitely takes some commitment and, and self-discipline to do shoot all three of those things. You were working, mm-hmm. interning, learning the backbone of everything, the behind-the-scenes stuff, then studying, being a student. And then as well as still, you know, trying to support yourself and, and make a living there. That, that's huge, man. It takes a special person to, to really sit down and do that. Yeah. So when, ahead, when you started, so when you started out and, and you know, kind of went full time advising at the end of there in 2018, um, who'd you kind of first start helping? You know, what was kind of your drive there, your motive? Who were you trying to get intro- introduced to yeah, so when I started, uh, just to kind of give you a little bit of background about our firm in general, um, again, I told you it's, it's named Hermitage Wealth Management. Um, we do, obviously, financial planning, investment advisory, but where we kind of differ from a lot of people, um, I would say is our business is split half and half from the standpoint of we do a lot of individual investment advising, a lot of individual financial planning. In fact, that's really all I, I, I focus on is really the people and the connections that are associated with that um relationships yeah Mm -hmm. so relation that's what i'm very big on right i mean i what what really drives me um is is helping people um especially with you know something as as uh, important as financials and and money um but so uh kind of going back a little bit um where who i started with was a lot of our retirement plans here you know again i'll tell you one uh, one benefit of retirement plans um in general is that we can provide education to people, right? If they have questions about their retirement plan, uh, the funds that they're invested in in their retirement plan, um, you know, really just kind of starting to make those connections. That's that's where I uh, I started is uh, is helping those people understand what they're doing, how they're doing, what they could potentially do better, um, as well as you know transitioning them into individual clients. You know, when they're like, hey, I'm interested in actually doing some financial planning. Um, that's that's where I started, right? Was in and really kind of that that spectrum of people. It went from you know twenty year olds all the way up to you know pre retirees and even retirees. So it's it's right. it's the full spectrum. And again, you know where I specialize, what I love doing is working with the individuals. That's that's my um, that's my number one focus uh, when I'm working with people. And again, my boss, you know, he he's a big proponent of working with retirement plans. So I think that's why we really kind of. Um, uh, collaborate and that's why we really work together is he's got his you know focus on what he loves doing um, as well as obviously he's doing all of his individual business but you know again that that's that's where I think we work really really well together 
Now, That's Russell, great. when you say individuals versus retirement plans, are you saying your boss might work with somebody like a VRS and you might be working with like an individual like myself? Or are you saying, whereas like Brandon is on W2 with this company mm-hmm. and so Southern Trust might work a little bit more of a relationship out, but Brandon can individually seek your attention. Do you see where I'm following or where I'm asking? I'm kind of yeah, yeah. So let, let's start with... for myself, but also our listeners. Yeah. So let's uh, let's use Brandon for an example. So you know, obviously he works with Southern Trust Mortgage. Um, Southern Trust Mortgage may potentially have a retirement plan, um, and there are certain uh, duties and there are certain uh, procedures that they have to meet. You know, in, in order to really do a good job. Um, for their participants. So what they would do is they would hire Hermitage Wealth Management to give advice on the investments to make sure that they're meeting their criteria um, from a fiduciary standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So along those lines, um, and where I come in is I get to work with Brandon particularly, right, is is Brandon came to me and said, you know, hey, Russell, how is my 401k invested? How is it allocated? Is it accomplishing, you know, what I want to do into the future? That's where I can come in and really partner with those people. Do people that are at companies, and this is going to be a two, two part question. Mm-hmm. Do people that are at companies, A, are they able to slash do they change or alter what their policy already is? And then B, kind of a follow up to that. Do you see a lot of people that come to you for additional advice. So where I'm kind of going with all this is my wife is my mental example at the moment. She doesn't work there anymore, but we Mm -hmm. did just go through the ringer for about a year and a half trying to get access to what her retirement accounts and plans were from where she worked previously and get it moved over to some form of IRA. So it doesn't get taxed and yada, yada, Mm -hmm. yada. Mm -hmm. Um, My whole question to you being if somebody is working for a company should they seek somebody like you out to take better advantage of what they're being given? Because I feel like a lot of time it's just sign on the dotted line and move on. Um, potentially, you know, I'll tell you, it's very, um, it's very individually based. So, you know, some retirement plans, uh, some companies, they have, you know, a company like us and there's a person like me that's giving the advice. Gotcha. Um, now, that's cool. Yeah, you have to think to a certain extent where this person is working with every participant in the plan, right? So um, compared to someone that's maybe individually based, you know, so so let's kind of go back to your wife there for a second. If if your wife was still working or is working or, you know, you had a retirement plan or whoever has a retirement plan and you wanted maybe someone that you feel listens to you a little bit more on your individual goals on what you're looking for, you know, again, kind of that one-on-one focus, it may make sense to um, go for outside advice, you know, uh, with, uh, with respect to the funds themselves, the retirement plan, or, you know, again, overall financial plan. That's, that's, that's one thing that I think is, is arguably one of the most important aspects that, you know, a lot of people think, you know, actually don't necessarily think about when it comes to working with a financial advisor is a lot, a lot of people think it's just investments only, right? You know, hey, the yeah. S&P 500 did X, you know, the Russell 2000 did Y, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? And, and, and I'll tell you, you know, again, from the standpoint of the investments, the, the one thing that I think is more important than anything is, again, having that financial plan, because what it really kind of breaks down to is, you know, I don't, know what rate of return you need to make on your investments. I don't know how much you need to retire, right? Because that really kind of plays back into how you need to invest. 
right? Or I, what you need to invest into. And I can kind of piggyback that off of that. Just, I mean, talking about Russell's process that I've experienced, he's very good at, at breaking down why you're even considering to invest or why you're even considering to invest in retirement and, and so on and so forth. You know, Austin, you kind of mentioned it, like, you know, his company can come and help, for instance, somebody like Southern Trust Mortgage build their 401k plan and their retirement plans for their employees. But I think it's even more important to sit down with Russell and really let him help the individual. Cause I mean, he's expanded my mind and knowledge. It's unspeakable on how much he has helped me just like think of different scenarios and, and think of different possibilities that I didn't even know existed. And those are things that my company can't, provide me so I wouldn't even know that they're out there unless I went and and talked to him about hey these are my goals for the future whether it be 5 10 20 years down the road and this is why I want to do it I want to retire I want to be able to live my life the way I'm living it now comfortably and spend around the same amount now how do I do that and Russell's so good at breaking it down and explaining the different avenues to take to accomplish those goals I like that you touched on so many different factors there. I'm going to go ahead and spoil my book that I got for you that I told you about um, because it ties in perfectly to this. It's called Who Not How, and it's by Dan Sullivan. And the entire concept here is basing around people, obviously, instead of the task. But what's really cool here is uh, one of my favorite parts from the book is he talks about two types of relationship. And really, he talks about approaching say a transaction or or a person as one of two ways transactionally which we hear all the time and that's talking about making the sale in our case brandon and i it's somebody looking to buy a house or or possibly sell a house um in russell's case i'm not even going to begin to describe his options but obviously (laughs) there's a lot of them um but it's it's a financial picture but what's more important is Eden Properties is founded trying to break that mindset and, and go forward with the uh, the book calls it a transformative mindset, which is, hey, I want to get to know you. I want to get to know your needs. I want to build a relationship with you. If we build that no like trust factor, then it will be easy to decide when or how you should buy or sell a house because I'm going to know what you really need. Just like it will be easy for Russell to guide you on your financial picture because he'll know you and what you really want to do. Because the old adage of I want to retire at 65 or whenever the government tells me to is not a thing, especially try telling a millennial that. Try telling a millennial now that's fresh out of college at 21 that great, you got to go work the same job for 44 years. Um, If not longer. If not longer, there's not going to be a lot of buy-in there. Um, and, and I think that's really cool because I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a forward way of thinking, but B it buys in line with obviously what Brandon and I preach on the tribe of wealth, but also with our businesses and the relationships. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So Russell, so tell me, kind of walk us through, you know, let's say, you know, we, we have somebody that, that comes to Austin and I and says, Hey, I've been thinking, I want to do a little bit more than just my company's 401k. And I want to meet with a financial planner. Just walk us through briefly kind of what that process is like, you know, not, not so much what you're going to set somebody up with an investment wise. Cause I know that's very complex and subject to that specific person and their situation, but what's the whole beginning process of getting somebody in front of you. And then, you, you know, you taking them through your, uh, under your wing kind of thing. In your yeah. process. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the first thing that I'll do when I meet anybody in general is um, 
just really kind of ask general questions about what their goals are. You know, I think one thing that's very important to understand when you're working with really kind of anybody is it has to be a good fit for both of you or both, both individuals, you know? So again, it, I, I think that, it, you know, the first thing I'll do is, again, I'll, is I'll listen to exactly what they are looking for, what are their goals um, and, and kind of decide if that's a, a good relationship for the both of us, or if it's just, you know, maybe pointing them in the right direction to someone else, right. That, that, that may be able to better serve them. Um, now, after li listening to their goals, um, the number one thing that really any client uh, can provide me is information. You know, I, I have to know you as an individual, arguably more than you know yourself. You know, I have to understand um, just to make it, you know, kind of uh, more top of the mind here. You know, I have to understand obviously your finances. I have to understand, you know, what your, um, what your overall picture looks like. Um, but what I think a lot of uh, benefit comes to is actually, again, understanding who they are as a person, right? I, th I think it's very important to understand their emotions, their feelings, um, you know, taking into a lot of like their body language when you ask questions. I think that's very, very important um, to understand that. Uh, but again, data and information is the number one thing that I can ask for for any client, because especially if it's a, a financial planning client, um, all that information makes a, a huge impact on, on what the financial plan looks like. Um, but continuing on, if they move forward with that, um, if, if it's, again, a financial planning client, um, we'll start to build what we call your base plan, right? So when I say a base plan, think of it as kind of your baseline. So we're going to use where you are with what you have and what that looks like into the future. And then based off of that base plan, I feel like I'm saying a base a lot, um, but based off of that, uh, we build alternative plans. So again, if we'll, we'll use uh, Austin for an example. If Austin, you came to me and said, hey, I want to you know, retire in X year. I want to have this much left over for a legacy um, as well as uh, covering my life if something were to happen to me and paying for college in the future. Um, we build alternative plans based off of the base plan. Right. And based on what, what that alternative plan shows me is recommendations of, hey, Austin, because of this reason, I would recommend this. I would recommend this and I would recommend this. And if you take those recommendations and it becomes um, something that we move forward with, then that becomes your new base plan based off of those recommendations. Um, and then after that, it's a lot of, again, uh, high touch from the standpoint of checking in with people, making sure that um you know, what, what we're building right from a financial plan is working effectively, because I'll tell you, you can meet with your, you know, financial advisor, financial planner yesterday or a week ago, and things could change, right? I, th I think that, that that's um, very important, again, to understand is that, you know, I, I, I'm an individual that always likes to, again, know my person, uh, again, arguably better than they know themselves. So, Again, from a process standpoint, it's uh, meet with the individual, collect data, uh, make sure that, you know, we're building everything that they're looking for. And then it's really reviewing and, and touching to make sure that we are going to uh, or, or that we're accomplishing the goals that they set out for. Well, like it's that, that constant. Man. Yeah, it's that constant contact where it's, hey, I just want you to know I'm here for you or, hey, let's go over this. And especially, I mean, coming off we're still calling it the COVID market, I guess, but coming off the last year and a half of craziness, as far as markets are concerned, both from your eyes and perspective and ours, um, 
having someone in your corner that you trust is important there and having somebody you can turn to and say, Hey, am I okay with this? Or am I okay to just more often than not the reassurance to say, Hey, you're okay. Sitting tight is all we need. Mm -hmm. But, but if you don't have that, that trusted advisor and that, and that uh, in your corner, it can be very scary, especially as the media continues to, caution otherwise i was i was trying to choose my words <laughs> carefully there um, i feel like you're, you're definitely building that trust super early on in your process too which is so clear because I, I i did i didn't want to stop you because you were on a roll there but you hit it on the head man you're you're kind of getting these people to tell you more about themselves than they know about themselves i definitely felt that way I, you know just you asking questions and figuring out stuff i'm like man i didn't even ponder that i didn't think about that before and you're also start, you also kind of pull out people's fears, especially mm-hmm. on a yep. monetary standpoint. Yep. You know, what are you scared of and what can I do to help you, you know, cushion that and have a safety net? So that's not a worry and that you're sleeping at night. And you're just thinking about your kid's health, your family's health and having fun with life. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you definitely kind of bring a sense of stability to people's financial picture, which is just in that the whole point of, of sitting down with you. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's great. Um, you know, I think, I think this has been awesome. I'd love to, to kind of wrap this up with, I'd love to know what your why is. I know you kind of hit on it throughout this whole episode and our conversation, but, you know, really nailed down to us. Why do you love what you do? I've heard your compassion. We went and got a beer together a couple of weeks ago before a soccer game at Hardywood and, before you know, just the passion game. that come. Oh yeah. It was you know, adult league, we're out having fun. Uh, get a little loosey gacy before. Hey, but, hey, know, swing, I know the fire. It's, it's swing juice, okay? That's all that is. Exactly. <laughs> a little lube in the joint, so we get a little yeah. older. We need to yeah. make some of yeah. the bumps and bruises hurt a little less. Ain't, ain't that the truth? Um, this is a, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, tell us your why. I want to know that. That's big, big to us. Yeah, so uh, my uh, my why really boils down to, you know, actually something I stated really at the beginning of this. And it has to do with, again, just really kind of an unsatisfied want to help people. Uh, again, I, naturally, I'm a, a people person, so I love to serve. Um, and arguably one of the hardest to- – sorry, uh, it's it just – again, it really kind of boils down to really just wanting to help people. Um, unfortunately, with our current education system, you know, finances and money and, um, you know, really overall uh, good, economic and <laughs> yeah. good economic – good economic – principles it's not really taught to us at a young age um, i wanted you know, to my... bring that up earlier i wanted to say like yeah everybody says how taxes should be taught in high school but really <laughs> financial management or wealth in particular i think should be taught yeah um, arguably I was very, yeah i was fortunate to grow up playing rich dad poor dad as a as a monopoly game instead of uh instead of actual monopoly so i had it beaten into me from a young age yeah. um all about different wealth managements obviously with heavy emphasis on real estate, but didn't mean to cut you off there, but keep going. That was just... No, I mean, I was just going to kind of piggyback off of that. And I think budgeting is arguably one of the most important principles yes. that we're never taught. Yes. You know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's a shame, you know, that, that, that we're not taught that. Um, and again, that really kind of boils back into, you know, what my approach is, is I actually really want to educate people more than anything. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I have clients that trust me with, you know, their money or their goals or their aspirations. But at the end of the day, this is, you know, your money. This is your goals. These are your aspirations. I'm here to 
help you and push you and get you to where you need to go. You know, Brandon, I think it's one thing that you uh, talked about a little bit earlier um, has to do with, you know, bringing out the emotions of people, you know, money is a very emotional topic, right? Again, it's not something that we're, we're taught, right? And, and outside of, you know, just telling individuals when they're on a good track, it's also challenging a lot of people to, uh, you know, to, to, to stay on track to, you know, make sure that just because markets are volatile, or, you know, you name whatever world events happening, your overall strategy, you need to stick to it, right? So again, it's, it's really educating, it's really challenging people, it's, it's really just building the trust for individuals to, to, uh, to, to trust me, right? And, and to make sure that I'm teaching them also very good um, financial principles, and again, really kind of just coaching them to get to their goals. That is awesome. So I am very uh, visual. I have whiteboards all over both offices. I have stuff stuck all over the walls. And um, for a while now, I've kind of been preaching, uh, again, the who not how reference, but you should have somebody that should manage or be your trusted advisor, so to speak, for each area of your life. If you think about it, it's not uncommon to have a doctor to check in on our health (laughs) or to have an accountant to check in on our taxes when when it comes time of year. Um, But I think you should have a real estate team, which is a lender and realtor paired together, a team, to check in on your housing status. And I think you should have a financial or a wealth expert to check in on your financial status. And that should be an ongoing thing just like it is with your health checkup, even if it's once a year, like an annual physical. And then every so years, you might have a special checkup. Um, that's okay. Exactly. That's how it should be. Just like you should have a plumber. You should have an electrician. And if you don't, then those people that are that you do have should have somebody for you. And that's how the trust factor is built. Because that way, if you already trust them as your doctor, they should be able to refer you somebody that you should trust in that other area. And if not, I don't know. Fix your tribe. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell <laughs> you. That. I'll tell you. You know, you you talked about doctors. Um, you know, and and you know, really kind of the specialty aspect of it. One uh, one thing that I always really tell everybody, right? You know, again, I told you that it, it's hard for um, you know people think of me as just a money manager, as an investment manager, but again, I think that the actual planning process is the most important. So the way I kind of frame it for individuals. Um, is, you know, talking about your doctor, right? You know, if you hurt, you know, Brandon, how about this? We'll, we'll pull a soccer reference in here, uh, or soccer reference in here. You know, if we hurt our knees playing soccer, you know, I'm not just going to walk into my doctor and he's going to schedule me for surgery right away, right? You know, he's going yeah. to meet with me. He's going to run diagnostic tests. We're probably going to have an MRI. And then after all that information comes through, then we schedule surgery, go to physical therapy, you know, whatever, whatever the, the diagnosis is, I think it's very similar, you know, and exactly what I do, right? It's, it's not just a, you know, hey, this is exactly what you need to do because of where you are today. It's, again, understanding where you are. So I like how you, uh, you, you brought up the doctor reference there because it's very, very similar to how I take my approach. And I like that because there's no, there's no magic eight ball either. It needs to be um, a, a feeling out process is probably an inappropriate way to put it because it's, it's more well but it's more formal than that and i think it's yeah. more intimate than that because you are dealing with uh i can't remember which one of you touched on it i want to say it was russell um but it's emotional i mean mm-hmm. when it comes to brandon definitely touched on it too because it's money and you pull you pull things out of uh us when we're talking about money but 
We obviously deal with it because people are making their largest financial purchase they've ever made in their life. Um, but it is normal to have high emotion or fear or stress or these maybe negative connotation emotions around some of those decisions or those uh, processes, but it's because we don't know anything about them as a general population, unless we have a hired expert or somebody that does know about it or is passionate about it. What's cool is if you find the right people like Russell, you can find people that want to help you and help educate you. So those fears are eliminated. That's super cool that, that you uh, touched on the education piece too, because that's obviously scratching my itch. <laughs> I'm still like in all my jaws hitting the floor talking about budgeting because I'm just like, man, I, that might be the most important piece. Honestly, I'm sitting <laughs> here like, dude, that's that's my biggest problem when I'm looking at people even just qualifying them for a house. I've got people. If who, you think about it, you know, be no, it, and I've heard, I mean, Dave Ramsey and the likes, I mean, big big names. I've heard all say this. Um, it's not, I'm not claiming it by any means, but um, I've heard repeatedly from other sources that the number one or first step and Russell, you'd probably agree with this, but that first step is making a budget and trying to stick to that budget. Um, I mean, anyway, you want to pay off a credit card or anything like that. You don't even get a credit card before you can get to that point. Um, savings, investing, that sort of thing. There's no magic number because it's all personal and it's going to change. Mm -hmm. um, you might save. I mean, I'll take myself as an example. As an individual agent, when I started out, I was taught save 25% of every paycheck because you're a 1099 employee. And I was like, okay, great. Well, in the <laughs> early seasons and early on, when you're not selling that much, you don't need to save 25% because you're not making that much money. Um, then you hit a little bit of a period where you are making a lot of money, but you need to save a little bit more because you don't know what to write off. Then you find a good accountant. You find out what to write off. You find a balance somewhere there, shape or form. And if you do what I did, you open up a company, a team, and have a bunch of kids, and now you have to pay more taxes than you're happy with. <laughs> <laughs> and the then it matters. Yeah, exactly. But regardless, it all changes, and the amount changes, and you should have somebody, not something or some or or a tool, um, but somebody, a person that you can trust to turn to and say, "Hey, okay, this is the next step. What do we do here?" Um, and I like that. That's kind of been the focus of our conversation. And that's the whole point of the podcast. So hopefully we've hammered that home. Um, I don't know, Brandon, you want to add anything else? I know we wanted to keep it somewhat short because we plan to have Russell back again. So you do not get all of him at once. No, we'll definitely have him back. I think this is a good opener. And I mean, now we could kind of hone in on maybe one or two topics moving forward and just kind of educate people maybe on, on the stuff that we know. And Russ, obviously, I appreciate it. Can we make like a tagline for you, like Mo Money Mun or something like that? <laughs> I, I like... Mo Money Mun. Look, you, uh, Mo you, Money you, Mun. You call me whatever you want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Russell's like, I've been told much worse. So. <laughs> exactly. Run with. Uh, no, that is awesome. No, Brandon uh, hit it on the head. Russell, we do appreciate it. Do you have anything to add before we close out? And then I'll round us off. No, I mean, I just, like, like I said, I appreciate uh, y'all having me on. I appreciate you letting me uh, spread my message. Um, and uh, I look forward to, to coming back to, to becoming a part of the tribe, right? And, uh, and uh, again, I just want to thank you both for having me. Anytime, you, man. Brother. We only you, require you are part of the tribe. 
we only require a thousand downloads so share the podcast with whoever you need to to get to that point but other than that we appreciate no i'm just kidding Um, (laughs) i don't even think we have a thousand yet as a season so uh but anything you want to do to help we're happy to to accept it but uh no russell it's been a pleasure you're absolutely more than welcome on the show anytime for those that have been listening we appreciate you guys as well and please do share the show We look forward to having more guests like Russell and Russell himself back on in the future. As always, thanks for listening to the Tribe of Wealth podcast. See you guys next time. Take care.